Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of the one who sets us on fire for love, amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate the arrival of a gift. The Holy Spirit was not on anyone's wedding or graduation registry. The earliest followers of Jesus did not ask for what they received this day. The theologian Willie Jennings says amazing grace comes with the gift of the Spirit. The disciples, if they'd gotten what they asked for, they would have received a tiny amount of worldly power. The followers of Jesus, left to their own devices, wanted to become minor government bureaucrats in the running of Jerusalem. Remember that story of them walking along the Mount of Olives, looking down on the temple and asking Jesus who was going to sit at his right and left side. Jesus' followers' imaginations were too small for God's Spirit. So instead, this day, they learned to speak another language. Jesus' disciples are sent out to bring hope and love to spread Jesus' message abroad. They don't end up with lucrative jobs with fancy titles. The Spirit didn't bring them dental coverage and a pension. Pentecost wasn't a worldly promotion. They weren't sent up, they were sent out. The disciples received a gift this day, and it took some time to register. God's Spirit drove them out beyond their comfortable ways of speaking. God's Spirit drove Jesus' followers out beyond their boundaries. The Acts of the Apostles continues in this direction. Jesus' followers are always playing catch-up to the Spirit's movement. And before we go much further, I want to note this is the first Sunday of Pride Month. Happy Pride. And LGBTQ plus people are not celebrated enough in the church. We're not. Even with the big rainbow flag out front, even with rainbow lights on the altar, even with a big interfaith service downtown for Pride later this month, we need to do more. We need to do more because for too long, for far too long, the church has perpetrated homophobia and transphobia. Still today, in the majority of St. Louis's churches, it isn't safe to let your pride flag fly. All those pastors, all those parents of LGBTQ plus kids who would point to scripture to justify bigotry, I simply want to ask, have you read the book of Acts? In the book of Acts, what starts with tongues of flame on Pentecost becomes a fire that keeps burning down prejudice. The Spirit keeps moving. The walls of the church can't contain the gift of God's Spirit. Again and again in this book, the Spirit blows over a new group of unlikely people, Romans, soldiers, enslaved folk, women, I have a particular favorite in this one. It's, it comes in Acts chapter 8. It's a story known as the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. 
a sexual outsider, a racial outsider who has come to believe in Jesus, asks Philip, what is to prevent me from being baptized? Philip, stumped, baptizes this beautiful, beloved human being. And the story is meant to shock the reader. God's Spirit falls on all the people the disciples would have despised. The movement of God is much bigger and whiter and more beautifully diverse than Jesus' followers could have imagined on their own. God's love knows no human boundaries. So the early church was always playing catch-up. That's the story of Acts. Frankly, that's the story of the church today. God's Spirit continues to invite us out beyond where we are comfortable to join in the beautiful work of God's expansive love. We are to receive the Spirit and the people the Spirit sends us as a gift. It took the church far too long to recognize the Spirit of God at work in the love shared between people of the same gender. It took the church far too long to understand that gender is bigger, more beautiful, more blessed than simple biological sex. It has taken the church far too long to repent of the sins of racism, misogyny, and all sorts of structural violence. We are still playing catch-up. But don't doubt the Spirit. Don't doubt God. God's love has always been far bigger than the church's imagination. Even in a church like this one, we will always have catching up to do. That is the story of the book of Acts. That's the story of Pentecost. God will always be out ahead of us. Will we chase after the gift? Now, as I talk about the gift of God's Spirit, I am mindful. Mindful that many of us are carrying questions and frustrations with us to church this morning. Many are hungry for a word of hope or grace, or explanation. If you'll permit a small word about me, it is good to be back with you. I have missed you. I have missed this church. I am okay. Ellis and I are doing well. Silas, as some of you saw during the procession, is very three and a half, and he's just where he should be, doing fantastic. I said a little bit about my absence in my letter to the congregation this week via email. There are some copies on the welcome table if you didn't get it via email. I'll say a little bit more about what happened at the meeting I've asked the bishop to have with me this Tuesday. And know that I return still doing some healing and some learning. And so I'm going to take everything a step at a time. I'm not going to rush. Summer's a good time to not rush. But I'm grateful for your patience, even with my inability to talk much about the situation. But know that I'm grateful. I'm especially grateful for the hard work that Julie and Chester and visiting clergy have done, keeping services holy week and pastoral care going in my absence. I'm grateful for how graciously Hannah, Mary, Barbara, and the rest of the staff kept our operations going. I'm grateful to our bishop. I'm incredibly thankful for Rudy Nickens, our senior warden, and our vestry. 
also know I return with a sense that we have more work to do together. I am not going anywhere. Something I have relearned in our time apart. The gift of God's Spirit is always a gift of hope. Not always hope to overcome the circumstances, but hope in the midst of the circumstances. Let me say that another way. God's Spirit brings hope, not always to overcome what we face, but hope in the midst of what we face. We've faced a lot in the past weeks. I know many of us are carrying the pain of gun violence into church this morning. Gun violence in Texas, in Buffalo, New York, and Tulsa, and Philadelphia just last night, here in St. Louis, and in too many other places to name. Many of you know I went to elementary school with students who were at Columbine on April 20th of 1999. These shootings, they've been close to home for my whole adult life. So here's what I know. To change our culture around guns, to change our laws around guns, will continue to take painfully patient work. Many in this congregation are doing that work with the Moms Demand Action and Women's Voices Raised, with other groups who have won important victories even in a state like Missouri. And after holding this issue close to my heart as a pastor for a long time, I also know this. God's Spirit can feel far away when we are fretting at home alone over news stories. But showing up to a meeting, engaging people who are doing the work, it will lift your spirits nine times out of ten. Connecting with people, getting outside your small sphere, you're more likely to catch a glimpse of some of the work that the Spirit is doing. The Spirit is out ahead of us. Trust and keep on moving. If you talk to the people of Uvalde this week, many of them will say they know God has shown up. They've caught glimpses of God's Spirit in hugs from strangers. They've attended more church services in recent days than they have in years. And they've taken time just to be with one another in these days since the tragedy. That's what happens in communities after an event like this. The Spirit has been there in the midst of it all. There is hope in the midst of it all. But that hope also depends on us playing catch-up. Church, the question is simple. If we believe Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to keep all our kids safe? On that Pentecost morning, the disciples were frustrated and tired and more than a little scared. Jesus had departed. Remember, it wasn't so long ago they were locked up in their houses, afraid of the authorities, unsure where this Jesus movement was headed. We can understand why on this morning their imaginations were limited. On Pentecost morning, they didn't know about the gift they were about to receive. They had no sense that the Spirit was coming to teach them other languages, 
to send them out to meet all the beautiful, beloved people of God, all the people God was going to send them. On Pentecost morning, the church was still small and afraid and unaware of the gift they were about to receive. So on Pentecost, we say thanks be to God for the gift of the Spirit who won't leave us alone. Amen.